This podcast has been sponsored by the 2018 champion, Matt Albright. Radio high five with the explosion. Now it's time for your one and only source for fantasy football news and analysis. Like WCW, this is where the big boys play. Scoop and your favorite hosts, Giuseppe. That's pretty terrible right there. And Turtle. Yeah, I'm going to take myself. I will never go against myself. With producer Tony. I will kill a man to improve my status. Y'all use your podcast as a forum to air grievances. It's already a shitty podcast, like 10 minutes into it. I would not listen to this. You're lacking professionalism on the microphone. Hey fellas, I love the podcast. Welcome everyone to the Fantasy Football Scoop and <sighs> Poop. I'm your host Giuseppe, and with me this week, as announced on the message board, is Primetime. I'm going to ask you how you're doing, Primetime, but I know it can't be good. But I'm going to, I'm, I want to know anyway. How you doing, Primetime? Uh, I have been better, but uh, it's not that bad. You know, it's a, it's a asterisk season, so I don't really consider this a season. Yeah, we had a lot of this type of discussion before the season started that, you know, when you were flying high and feeling all confident, I I said, you know, at the end of the day, primetime, this isn't the one you want. You don't want to tie me for the championships in this year. It would be the the most tainted of victories. And so I'm glad you came around to see the light and it only took you getting eliminated from the playoffs to do so. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I might have realized it prior to getting eliminated. Who knows? (laughs) Well, I'm very happy that you were able to join us. Turtle is, I think, uh, working an extra shift in order to pay for BDI's entry into the league next year, but we'll talk more about that a little bit later. <laughs> so let's get into the the matchups. We're going to do a hybrid show, so this one's going to be a little longer. Think of it like a Bitter Marks podcast, so it's gonna it's probably going to touch the hour mark. So. Minimum. Minimum Apologies. an hour. Get yourself a yeah. nice uh, beverage, maybe some eggnog if you're into that weird kind of shit. Uh, and then just strap it in, baby, because this is going to be a long one. Absolutely. So first matchup, we've got Primetime's Rest in Peace against Tony's COVID Mania. And this game was was pretty close for a while until the the evening game with Buffalo and Pittsburgh. And that's when Tony kind of pulled away by a substantial margin. I believe it was, was it the... Sunday night game? Yeah, it was. It was okay. Sunday night football, uh, Bills versus uh, Steelers. I was chasing, I think, 26 points or something primetime. Does that sound right? Uh, Probably, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Uh, let's talk about his guys first. Uh, he had a huge day from Kelsey and Ridley. They both got 19, both got a touchdown. And for a while there, Taysom Hill had zero points. I think he went halftime. He had zero points. Were you like uh, freaking out? Uh, I actually didn't get a chance to watch a lot of football this weekend. Uh, I was kind of busy moving around stuff, but uh, yeah, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah, I would have been very worried because Tua put up twenty three in the early slate, and uh, New Orleans Philadelphia was a, a you know a later game. So the fact that you know you've got a quarterback on your bench who put up all those points, and you know is is the future of the league, unlike a guy who is being told that he's the future of the Saints, but I don't know if any of us actually believe it. 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm still waiting for Jameis to come in. Like, I don't understand <clears throat> why they don't want to have a quarterback in to throw the football, but whatever. Yeah, maybe if, after the loss, they, they might reevaluate. They don't want to but... pay him. I think he has an incentive laden deal. So they don't want they don't want him to get any numbers on the field. So they don't have to pay him because they're cheap assholes. Uh, but I feel like man. we're now that it's week fifteen. You you would think that he would not have enough runway, yeah, not enough to, time, right, to get there. You would think, but uh, I don't know. Uh, Aaron Jones didn't do shit for you. Only six points. Uh, uh, his usage has just fallen off a cliff in like the past couple weeks. Here, I'm not really quite sure why. Yeah, like for the past 10 weeks, ever <laughs> since Aaron Rodgers decided to uh, chase records and stuff. Yeah, it kind of hurts Aaron Jones quite a bit. Yeah, I'm quite happy that because I, I really wanted Aaron Jones, but you you took him, and I was kind of sad. I think I ended up with the the long end of the stick in that with, with Nick Chubb. You know, beyond, you know, what Tony's mentioned, Jeff Wilson, he got you a touchdown, which is great. You know, not a whole lot after that. He got a fumble and everything else. Tyler Lockett, he's kind of been... You know, he's always been hit and miss, but he's been very missed this year. Like he's got like a couple of monster games and then everything else is, you know, like, you know, six, five, mm-hmm. twos. That's, you know, that's tough for you, especially knowing, you know, what, what you're looking at from receiver contribution. You need a lot of it with McCaffrey being hurt and being teased this week. And then for Tony, I mean, just very, very, very balanced scoring. Stefan Diggs had a good game, 22 points. But beyond that, look, 15, 14, 12, 17, 11, 12, 6. Like that, that's the, the dream right there. That's Slow like and the, steady. the Kirk Heinrich of fantasy scoring. It's like nothing flashy, <laughs> just very everything above average all the way around. Yeah, it definitely worked out in your favor. The, the funny thing is... The, the fact that a lot of the games that you had players in were low scoring, but your team put up, you know, a tie for the highest points this week. It's very strange how sometimes in fantasy stuff like that happens, but it, it really worked out for you. Like, I mean, you're, you're talking about games that totaled, you know, 45 points, 44 points, 43 points, 37 points, and yet you were able to put up numbers. So you, you were efficient in your production. So congrats, Tony. You win the game. You win the division. Ooh. You send primetime packing. No uh, pun intended. It was kind of like the cherry on top. <laughs> you know, I, I get to send my division rival on vacation to the offseason. If if he was a real athlete, he'd be booking a vacation right about now. Um, but he's probably just, you know, sitting around. Holding eating, out on eating. my contract, waiting <laughs> to get traded to a different division. Yeah, that. Uh, next matchup, we've got... Ivica and Turtles fucking savages against K-Wall's Washington cracker ass crackers. And we remind you here, K-Wall was in a uh, basically a win slash help situation if he lost. And Turtle was playing for the opportunity of potentially not having to pay BDI's entry fee. And um, Kowalski got what he needed with this tie. The thing that's amazing here is any way you slice it this week, there was going to be a tie in your division, no matter how the matchups played out. Because three teams scored an identical 109 points. Well, no surprise coming out of the balls, Mahoney. We are the the foremost leader in fantasy points in this league. Uh, I just don't know statistically. Like, I don't know how to figure out, like, the odds of something like this happening. But it's got to be less than winning the lottery. Well, primetime, greatness defies the odds, right? Isn't that what the that's the old adage? 
I believe that's the adage, yes. Okay, well, greatness aside here, we have a tie, and it came down to a lot of different, you know, situations happening simultaneously. Most importantly was the Packers-Lions game. And it, I don't know how it happened, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers continues to put up the points. We, we know that. Devontae Adams, he had a really good first half, but didn't do much in the second half. But the Packers' defense, I was thinking where they were going to get the win here because Stafford gets hurt. They bring in, oh, who was it? Who's their backup? Is it Chase Daniel? Yeah, in uh, in sure. Detroit, yes, it is It is Chase Daniel. 100%. And he ends up throwing a touchdown pass to Marvin Jones or something like that <laughs> instead of getting like sacked or throwing an interception or whatever you thought was going to happen. So it became a situation where when Green Bay got the ball, they were only up a score, so they kind of like salted the clock in order yeah. to end the game. I was I was shocked, but thankfully the tie was all K-Wall needed, and that's exactly the number he landed on. I mean, Turrell got his first good game out of Russell Wilson in a long time against a very shocking opponent that that would happen. Who would have guessed that he would have had a good game against the Jets after firing their defensive coordinator? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they quit. They, they 100% quit in that game, uh, and it was, it was just – I mean, I had that on just for fantasy reasons. And it was just an awful, dreadful game. I think I think Russell Wilson got like sat down like at the start of the fourth quarter. So third quarter still. Yeah. They weren't even in the first fourth quarter yet when Geno Smith Geno Smith comes in and he, wow. if I mean obviously if Russell's still in there, they're still throwing, right? But uh Geno Smith comes in and that he did he didn't get that extra point the turtle needed, so he put him, he beat him so bad that he hurt himself by scoring so much so fast. Yeah, I mean, I, Turtle made, like, a lot of great moves. Like, he picked up uh, Kiki Kuti, lol, in, fa- in free agency, and he got him seven points. He outscored all of his other receiver options there. You know, the only, I think, like the only mistake in quotes he made was starting DJ Chark over two Arizona Cardinals running backs. That's, that's pretty much the only other way he would have uh, gotten a victory here. Poor guy, you know, he gets a tie instead. I mean, ultimately, we'll find out that it it, it wouldn't have, you know, it, it would have made a big difference if, if he would have been able to get that one point. But, you know, sorry to him. Tough season all the way around. Tony actually gave me a, uh, an interesting stat. Turtle went winless in the division this year. He went 0-5-1. He did. Hmm. Yeah, he did not get a win in the division. Interesting. Next matchup, we have Matt Seinfuller for the last month. It's like Hanukkah with this guy's team name here. And Mike's mask up bitches. So Mike needed uh, to win here to keep his his playoff dreams alive. And he did not get it. He suffered a loss at the hands of Matt, who oh. plays spoiler. 83-69. Uh, not a lot of flash here. It was just one of those unfortunate outcomes for Mike where the, the points just did not land in his favor. He made some... I think, Tony, what would you call them? Uh, like interesting plays with his quarterback position, going with with uh, Ryan Tannehill over Lamar Jackson. Well, you know. I, he, he probably figures they're playing Jacksonville. Uh, it's a juicy matchup, and uh, I mean, he did throw two touchdowns. Uh, and, and granted, even if he does play uh, Lamar Jackson, he still loses by like two points. Or something yeah. like that. 
So um, now, if he does play him and the beloved, he gets <laughs> yeah, the win. That's what shocked me actually, because uh, uh, everything I knew about the Bears that they were going to win against Houston because everyone wanted them to lose against Houston. So this is like the one game I was telling everyone take the Bears and the points because they're going to win. I wish I would have known that because I swapped out the Texans defense for the Rams after I saw what the Ram or what New England did the week prior to the Chargers and everybody was talking about them making like this playoff push and I'm like oh well, you know what Houston's going to embarrass the Bears right that's the Bears offensive line is is trash JJ Watt's going to get there but you know it didn't work out and you know Mike you know he ends up playing the Giants who got shellacked by Arizona I know the Giants it just played that really good game against Seattle it did not hold up in, in Arizona for Matt, you know, primetime's talking about it. He, he knew the bears were going to do it and they did Allen Robinson, nine for one twenty three and a touchdown. Mitch Trubisky put up massive numbers. Uh, JK Dobbins. He had a good game on Monday night when it was already kind of, he had, he had the victory locked up. Austin Eckler. He had a, a good thing. Good game going. All things considered. Many with the, receiver. With the receptions. Primetime. Yeah. Many receiver. Many receiver. receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what he is. And the Colts defense, I mean, that defense continues to be one of the best in the league, putting up another 14 against Vegas, who has a pretty good offense, but they were able to get a defensive touchdown there. Um, you know, for Matt, he lost Devontae Parker pretty early in that game, that Miami-Kansas City game. And so that that kind of hurt him there. And But again, at the end of the day, he got the victory. He he was able to to beat Mike and, and knock him out of uh, the playoffs because of what happened in the next game which was uh, Cologne Rock, or no, I'm sorry, BDI is a coward, I believe, right? Yeah. Uh, Pee Wee McLean against my The Bone Zone, and I lost by three points in the lowest scoring combined game of the week. You know, we, we did not do much in terms of excitement here. <laughs> it, was, it was an ugly game. No, you guys I don't, thought- you don't excite much in the Shula, that's for damn sure. Yeah, we just win championships. That's that's all we do here in, in in the division. But I digress. You know, AJ Brown had a really really nice game for Pee Wee McLean. No surprise against E Jacksonville. He made prime time. You said you didn't watch any football. Did you at least see highlights to see the, this guy's touchdown catch? Uh, the only game I watched was the Bears game, and they did show a highlight of AJ Brown one. And dude, he is a grown ass man. Yeah, like. He could be the, the he's probably going to be kept, right? There's Yeah, I I think so. Yeah. I think Tony's been calling him TO for a while now yeah. and it's it's definitely that. Strong, good after the catch, physical receiver. He is Terrell Owens. He's like the second coming of Terrell Owens. I mean, the way he caught it, he looked to me like a waiter who's got like the tray of food, like he just stuck his hand out like flat in order to like create a surface for the ball to to bounce off of so that way he can like bring it in with his hand. I was, I couldn't believe it. It was, it was a phenomenal catch. You know, he, he put in Corey Davis who last week was a, was a big hero for him, but didn't get him any points. You know, he just got two because of the fumble. Edwards, Alaire, biggest disappointment of all rookies at the running back position bar none this year. Oh and, yeah. Big time. And this was his, one of his biggest games with the nine points that he was, he got like, he, you know, that's like third highest for him this year or something like that. It's just been that bad of a year for him. Josh Jacobs, he was trolling people on Instagram saying that because they, they the Raiders announced he was active for the game. And then he he posted on Instagram that like he's not playing. <laughs> 
And so there was like this big drama on Twitter about it because like all these fantasy people were like, what do you do? Do you play him? Do you play Booker? Blah, 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 blah. And, and they didn't do shit anyway because the Colts defense was, was stifling. Uh, for my side, you know, we talked about it a little bit before. The Bears really hurt my my quarterback play and Deshaun Watson had been, you know, really, really a bright spot for me. Only 11 points there. Todd Gurley is, is he's still hurt and he's not that great. When Miles Gaskin got the COVID on Saturday, I was unfortunately forced to put Todd Gurley in there. Uh, you know, my receivers have been very, very, very average at, at best. And Nick Chubb, he continues to be awesome. Thank you both to uh, Primetime and Turtle for not taking Nick Chubb. I'm, I'm quite happy that that happened. I mean, the dude missed seven games this year, and he's a, he's a top 15 running back still. So even splitting time with that bum cream hunt. You had a but, chance on Monday night too. Uh, uh, I don't know if I you, did. If you caught that game primetime, but it was the best game of the year football wise. Uh, it was the Baltimore Ravens and Cleveland Browns. Uh, the the game that I will always call when the game where Lamar flushed the Browns in more ways <laughs> than one. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but Lamar Jackson left the game. In the I think late third quarter, just ran ran to the to the locker room, saying he had cramps, quote unquote cramps. But the way he was running was not the way a run a man would have cramps would be running. Oh, he, he had the squirts. He he had the Hershey squirts. Absolutely, he was gone for like 15, 20 minutes. Came back on a fourth down play where they were they were chasing points, throws a touchdown. And then leads them to victory. It, it was dramatic. It was amazing. And uh, Nick Chubb almost got there. They, I think he had a goal line carry late in that game where a touchdown, another touchdown would have put Giuseppe over. But uh, I think it went to Kareem Hunt, as it usually it does. Did. Yeah, Nick Chubb, per usual, got the ball to like the three-yard line or something like that on a nice long run. And then they swapped him out for Kareem Hunt. And at that point, Pee Wee was, he was sweating it out. He... I don't think has paid attention to football for 13 weeks of the season, but this week with, with things on the line, he, he did. And he almost jinxed himself by texting me to, you know, asking me to do bad. And I'm like, I can't do any worse than I've already done going into this game. So I played a pretty bad lineup and sure enough, Nick Chubb made it very, very close. Unbelievable back and forth game. I, I didn't believe that Cleveland had him in, had it in them, but they, they, they're, they're better than I thought they were going to be. And it's it's hard to say, and Baker Mayfield might actually be a decent player in the end. And so, congrats the, to Pee Wee. Yes, the, congrats but, to Pee Wee. But the the jokes that were online during that the, oh so the, good the, the Lamar Jackson poop reference jokes were amazing, and they still are. Yeah, it, the best one that that I saw was one that Tony sent through, where I forgot who was tweeting about the the t- basically he made a, a comment about you know Lamar Jackson's first play back from the locker room is a long touchdown pass. And like the first reply is like, ain't that some shit? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good stuff. Oh, and there was a two point conversion that the Ravens scored late in the game. And Rich Eisen tweeted, that wasn't the, the first time Lamar had a successful number two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, there's so many, so many good poop jokes. They never get old. And they always revolve around the Browns. First, it was the stuff with Odell Beckham, and then you right. know Lamar Jackson in a game against them. It's just it just keeps happening. Next matchup, we got Santino's fantasy football team name against Micah's 
Legion of Zubaz. And so the situation here was Micah had the tiebreaker on Worm, but was chasing a game. So he needed to win and needed a BDI win in order to advance. And he did his part. He got himself a 100-point performance. Very, very strong performance there. Backed by Derrick Henry, who returned to form his January tradition, or I'm sorry, December tradition of putting up big numbers within the division. He put up 33 against the Colts a couple of weeks ago, and then like 29 here against Jacksonville, and they got Detroit next, so I'm sure that that uh, he's going to do a lot of damage for Micah in a, in, in a bowl game. Beyond that, you know, those two, uh, between Derrick Henry and the Washington football team, FC, 25 points out of their defense against San Francisco. Jeez, that, yeah, that Chase Young kid is pretty good, huh? Yeah, it's it's a tradition at Ohio State the last few years with those off those defensive linemen that can just produce havoc. And he he proved it. T.J. Hawkinson got him a touchdown. Juju got him a touchdown. Uh, Zeke was average. So was Big Ben. Second week in a row that Baker outscored him. But again, 100 points in, in aggregate is, is a great number, especially going up against Santino, because my Miami Dolphin smothered and stifled the Kansas City Chiefs this week. Only two touchdowns for Pat Mahomes, three interceptions. He had two interceptions the entire season going into this game. Three turnovers by Pat Mahomes. Miami's defense, again, continues to be very good. Even when they're missing players, they were missing Kavanoi and a couple of others got hurt while the game was going on. Unfortunately, Miami couldn't couldn't keep up offensively, and that's uh, that's understandable. Tua's only you know a few starts in, but I think the team's got a lot of. Pr- oh, also they were missing like fifty percent of the caught like passes this year due to injuries. So again, a lot of a lot of. Uh, Bad luck on the offense instead of the ball. Kareem Hunt, 24 points for Santino. He made a, a late play for the the money player at running back, but wasn't able to do it there. And that's about it. Nothing else of uh, of real value here on Santino's side. The receivers that have been his his cornerstone, none of them put up double digits this week, including his bench. So really not a lot going on for Santino here. So he ends the season with the worst record in the league. Although primetime, I'm sure you have documents disputing that. You need claim. not look at the standings. Correct. <laughs> and our final matchup, we've got Worms Team Taylor against BDI's God Emperor President D's Nuts. So we had a little bit of a sandwich here in terms of importance, right? The first game that we talked about, you know, was I was obviously for playoff implications. This one has some playoff implications, but also has some money implications. BDI needed a turtle loss or a victory in order to clinch himself full payment of next season. Worm needed a victory or a Micah loss in order to win the division. And Worm gets away with it by the narrowest of margins. Uh, I think, I think one, one point would have been narrower, but, um, yeah. yeah, Jonathan Taylor and David Montgomery. Uh, I, I, we must be living in another dimension because David Montgomery, the past like two weeks here, has been solid RB one shit. 
Uh, three. Green Bay, Detroit, and Houston. Yeah, he, Those three games combined, first, he's averaging 20 points a game almost. The first play of the game, he houses an 80-yard run. Uh, I, I got off out of my chair, and I was screaming and hooting and hollering. And then uh, Jonathan Taylor just just ran it down Vegas's throats. 20 touches, 150 yards, two touchdowns. I think he also scored like a 60-yard touchdown. Um, yeah, and uh, Tyreek Hill, another, another two-touchdown game. He's been on fire. Um, but we need to talk about the Allen Lazard crap that your brother's trying to play here i don't understand it turtle called him out a couple weeks ago and he still he did it again this week uh and lazard just nothing two two catches meanwhile mari cooper scores 13 on the bench so uh please talk us through what the hell he's doing here uh i'm not actually sure but uh i know turtle asked me to text worm asking about it so i was like you know what's going on and I he was like uh like debating it. Like he literally thought it was like a, a tough decision. He's like, what? Do I go with Al- Alan Lazard who can catch a, a long touchdown, or is Amari Cooper he thought Amari Cooper might not benefit from the Andy Dalton revenge game? <sighs> okay. So he kinda like he overthinks and once I heard him say that, I was like, you know what, I'm done. Like there's nothing I could say. Yeah, I mean Dallas won thirty to seven. Like the revenge game was was obvious to even idiots like me who know nothing about fantasy football. You know, like it it was there to have. Like Cincinnati is a team that is young, has some talent, but they lost their quarterback and they have no real desire to do anything. So Andy Dalton, on the other hand, has a lot of desire because Dallas is still in a playoff run. He got cut basically without being told after serving, I don't know how many years was he in Cincinnati, like 12 years or something like that. Like it was, it was an obvious situation to, to play. If, if there was one week left this year to play Cooper, it would have been this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it almost burned him. His special teams really kicked him in the ass. He got n- minus four from his kicker. And then we found out later that I think that he might've tested positive for COVID a couple of days later or something like that. I read something about Brandon McManus, and I think that he he got added to the list like on Monday or Tuesday. So I don't know if that was impacting him or not. I, again, I but it is. But yeah, minus four there. Tennessee's defense only put up five against Jacksonville. That's you know that's kind of hard to believe, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. You know, for BDI, you know, similar situation with the wide receivers. He has been obsessed with Antonio Brown since he's returned. And it's like this kid lives and dies by the Steeler, former and current, because his Pittsburgh defense got him, you know, they, they were not able to win the game. So this, this is a team, you guys, I mean, primetime, Tony, you guys like watch a ton of football. This team was undefeated up until that loss last week. And then they lose another one to Buffalo. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Are they actually not good and just like got lucky this entire season? I, I, I don't know. I, I can't figure. I think I uh, haven't watched. They, yeah, they lost Bud Dupree two weeks ago. He blew out his knee. He was one of their best pass rushers, and I think maybe they're they're starting to feel a little bit of that uh, lack of pass rush there. They still got uh, T.J. Watt, but uh, they had two legit guys coming off of both sides. 
that could rush the passer, and now they only got one. So that could be like a little shock to the system. But, uh, you know, the buzzsaw that is the Buffalo Bills can cut down any tree. That's true. So, I was, so yeah, was going to say... Ahead, I was going to say about the Pittsburgh Steelers defense or Pittsburgh Steelers in general. I'm looking at their schedule. Yeah, they did not have, they had a very easy schedule. If you could look at it, like, uh, but they also the, had like gotten jerked around an awful lot due to COVID. You know what I mean? Yeah, they had like, like three we, games moved or something like that. Yeah. But when you're playing game, like or... Philly and Dallas, Cincinnati <laughs> and Jacksonville, the, the and NFC Washington, <laughs> And they lost the Washington game. They did. Yes, they <laughs> yeah, did. they lost to Washington <laughs> FC. Uh, yeah, they had a crazy easy schedule this year. So I, I don't know. That whole undefeated talk was garbage. Yeah, and and yeah, the, but the bigger, the, obviously, the biggest thing is like the Antonio Brown piece. He starts literally any of his other wide receivers, and he wins the game. Ayuk, Samuel, Robbie Anderson. He spent like good money on Curtis Samuel. Like, how are you not playing him? I don't know. But at the end of the day, I guess it didn't matter he, because he his loss coupled with Turtle's loss means he still gets what he needs, which is free payments into next season. Yeah. So that and, and this idiot's like asking to collect. Like he's not going to pay you cash. I know immediately. Yeah. Like this the Come regular on, season the ink <laughs> is not dried yet. Also, he's not giving I, you cash. He's giving Giuseppe cash for you. That's what's happening. <laughs> Primetime's so, still figuring out like the tiebreakers for the mock draft, and this guy's asking for money. So if BDI gets kicked out of the league before next season, <laughs> does Turtle still have to pay? I mean, at this point, like the only risk that he would historically have is of getting kicked out is because he doesn't pay. And now that he has a sponsor <laughs> paying him, like it's very difficult for that to happen, right? That's true. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, yeah, congrats to our, our playoff teams. We'll talk more about that in, you know, the next show, which, again, we'll, we'll butt right into this one. But first, we go move on to the Money Players of the Week. <laughs> and at quarterback, we have Kowalski and Aaron Rodgers. Straight cash, homie. At running back, we have Derek Henry and Micah. Straight cash, homie. And really a, a low week for wide receivers. 22 points did it for Stefan Diggs and Tony. Straight cash, homie. Giuseppe, I did a little research, and mm-hmm. I won $60 this year, and it was six out of the last seven weeks of the season. I went on a Holy cr- crap. <laughs> I went on a crazy like winning streak at the end. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, to have a good record and not have payouts for the first two months, that's, it's, it's very unique, very unusual for sure. Now we move on to the start of the week. Start of the week. And we're going to give it to Jonathan Taylor. He has had an up and down season, but the last couple of weeks have been ups and they've been really, really huge for Worm in getting into the playoffs. Truth be told, I, I would have assumed Micah was going to kind of take over that division in the last few weeks, but the, the opposite actually happened. Worm got some great running back play, which is very uh, unfamiliar to Worm. It's coupled with Tyreek Hill, who has become the number one wide receiver in fantasy football from a scoring standpoint. So congrats to Worm. Big win. Jonathan Taylor came up huge for him there. Then I move on to the dud of the week. Dud, dud, dud of the week. And everybody but primetime is going to probably agree here, but the Houston Texans defense, I, I had so much more 
of an expectation. I mean, even Detroit the week prior, who was, has like no secondary, no talent, you know, we're, we're able to do a, a number on the Bears and Mitch, and Houston did nothing, absolutely nothing. And they were playing so much better with Romeo Cornell at the at helm, but I don't know what happened, but maybe they started believing everything about what was going to happen and they couldn't do it on the field. Now we move on to the lucky bastard. One lucky bitch. Prime time. You always have problems with the with this and the world's worst fantasy owner. Is Pee Wee truly the lucky bastard this week? Uh yeah, I could I could see that. I my issue with your your system here is it's uh, inconsistent. That's that's my major issue. But I could see this week being uh, Pee Wee. I mean, he okay. scored 61 points, got Mike to lose, and somehow made the playoffs. I, that's that's lucky right there. <laughs> and based on my primary, I think, uh, criteria, lowest scoring winning team usually makes you lucky. And in this case, it's doubly lucky because as we move on to the world's worst fantasy owner. The worst fantasy football owner. Of the week. He won by, me, by three playing me who was the worst fantasy owner this week. He just played sucked. So, yeah, I, I think all, all, the, all the, the cards uh, land his way when it comes to that. So that is going to do it for our Week 14 recap show. Now we just move right into our playoff preview show. Playoff preview! So as I do to start the other ones off, I know with no break or anything like that, I ask you both the would you rather fantasy football question this time. Would you rather draft from the middle of a round or like the beginning or the end in a snake? I know for me, it's definitely the middle round. Yes. I Yeah, I like, because uh, there's always those like few players that like that fall in a draft. And if you're at either end, you're less likely to get them. If you're in the middle and a, you know, a good player is falling, you're more likely to grab said player. Yeah, this, this happened to me this year, actually. Uh, I was picking number two, and I wanted to get a quarterback in like the first three rounds, and then they were all gone. And then I wanted to get like a couple players as well, but they were all gone. So like, if you try and make plans at the end, you're probably going to get fucked over. It's best to go in like without plans and just draft the best player available. But if you're in the middle, you can kind of plan a little bit more. I, I think this one's unanimous, so maybe it wasn't such a good question. I think the, the, the definite advantage when you're picking in the end, right, is the back-to-back. So you can, you can really do some damage when it comes to filling out you know, the team in terms of needs, right? But the drawback is just the wait time and you, you never, you might not anticipate somebody who, you know, there might be a guy who you didn't think was going to still be around, but by the time he gets to you, there's no way in hell he will be. But if you're in the middle, he will. Better chance. You can be a lot. Yeah. You can be a lot, I think, less prescriptive with your draft when you pick in the middle because you never have to wait too long before it comes again. Like if you're on the end and you, you pat you like, you really have to think hard. Like, okay, if I pass on my second wide receiver, what's going to be left by the time it comes back to me? While if you're in the middle, you can just con- you can constantly just take best available because at the end of the day, you're only you know a handful of picks away from going again. So I'm I'm with you guys. It's I I, I was kind of surprised. I thought a lot of people do 
like that being able to stack. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm well, with you guys on that. One thing I will say about picking at the end, but not specifically the end, more like if you have the 10-11 pick in a 12 team league, mm-hmm. I like I like the fact that like like last year, this year I had the 10th pick and 11 and 12, I knew our running back heavy guys. It was Turtle and Giuseppe. Yeah. And they they'd each drafted a, a running back, so I knew that I had to take a running back with in my first pick because four picks later a bunch would be taken. So I like the uh, not actual bookends, but kind of like inside the bookend because you can draft knowing you know if you know the the other people in your league their tendencies and you can get with get them before they can get them. Yeah, the only hard part, I think, with like the three or the four, or I guess four kind of goes more middle, a three is more that like yeah. near bookend, is that a lot of times by the time you get to the third best, in that first round, he's not much better than the, the ninth or tenth best versus the first two where you're almost guaranteed to have somebody who's super helpful. It depends on how deep, you know, that year is. So that's that's the only tough part with, with that type of slot, but yeah. totally hear you on that. All right, so... Now we move on to the waiver wire. Waiver. Wire. Waiver wire. Which shout out to Micah who reminded me I needed to change back the date for the waiver wire because I had to manually adjust it the week prior because RT Sports and Bonnie forgot to account for it. <laughs> God damn so. it. <laughs> well, shout out, good, good looking out there, Micah. All right. This is the playoff week one waiver wire. Um, and we start off. With Peewee and McLean, with $19 on a man I have never heard of in my life, somebody named Lynn Bowden Jr. Allegedly, he plays running back for the Miami Dolphins, and they cut Darrell Henderson. Giuseppe, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, so this is kind of one of those sneaky ones, right? He plays wide receiver for them. So it's, you know, one of those, like, I can (laughs) optimize my slots by doing this type of thing. All right. So he had a decent game last week. And as I mentioned, Miami's receiving core has been decimated. You know, Devontae Parker got hurt. I don't know how serious that one is. I haven't read up on it. Honestly, they've been throwing a lot of tight ends. Uh, Jasicki's been doing really well the last couple weeks. Adam Shaheen, um, and even another guy, I forget his name, but they've been, they've been running a lot of three tight end sets. And so this is one of those where he can sneak a wide, re- an extra wide receiver onto the field. So it's, it's a strategic move. All right. And the next pickup we have, I think this is Micah with $5 on Will Fuller. He takes your suggestion, possible keeper for next year. And drops Darius Slayton. And then he also follows it up with a $1, picking up your guy, Mike Gesicki, tight end for the Dolphins, and dropping Malcolm Brown. Um, I don't know. Is Micah hurting for keepers? Uh, I could see the Will Fuller one for sure. Micah might be in a tough spot with keepers, though. Okay. You're you're our draft expert. Okay. I already have him keeping Zeke. And his second one, I, it's a toss-up between Juju or Debo Samuel. or Oof. Yeah, so right. the Will Fuller one totally makes sense there then. Yeah, it's a good option to have, uh, especially in his scenario where he is not in the playoffs. So 
you got to look towards next year, and I think that's a good proactive move. It's always good to have options. I mean, it's not a great option, but it's still an option. And the last waiver wire pickup, $3 from Worm and Team Taylor, uh, picking up the Denver Broncos quarterback and finally cutting the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback. Actually, I think this is the time where you want to pick him up. Cause, like, yeah, because Hurts Yeah, I mean, he be the guy. well. Yeah, like, I, I don't know what the hell Worm's doing, but... Uh, you're cutting him at the wrong time. You should have cut him like six weeks ago. But uh. <laughs> well, when we get to the tran- the regular transactions, we got another one like that that we got to do some brow beating. Okay, I'm ready. Speaking of brow beating, let's uh, go to the free moves, and I think we're gonna get to it right now. We have Prime Times, C R E A M, Cash Rules Everything Around Me, Cream, Get the Money. Mm-hmm. Dollar dollar, uh, dollar bill, y'all. bills, y'all. Okay, he cuts the Miami Dolphins quarterback and picks up the New York Jets quarterback. What the fuck, bro? I can't believe it. <clears throat> okay, hear me out. <laughs> I, I can't, but go ahead. You guys are playing checkers while I'm playing chess. Do you understand that? Who Do the Jets get the first overall pick next year? As of right now, yes. Yeah. And who are they going to take with the first overall pick? Trevor Lawrence. Exactly. Potential keeper option. <laughs> that's what. That's all I'm saying. You're such right. an idiot. You're a dumbass. I know you're, you're, you're sending me, first of all, you're sending me text messages of your cheat sheet where you've got yourself picking Hung Koo Kim, the kicker for freaking Atlanta, as your second option. He's you clearly got, one, of, one of my highest scoring players, by the way. When you've got Tua sitting there. Number two, you could draft Trevor Lawrence in round 13 next year. There's going to be a preseason me? next year. You're going <laughs> to see the, how, he, the, how he is. He could have 50 <laughs> touchdowns next year. Why risk it? Why uh, risk it? I don't know oh about that God. one, Chief. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's go to the next pickup. Uh, we have my COVID mania. I drop. Peyton Barber and pick up George Kittle. Wait, I thought he was done for the season. Oh no, no, not so fast, my friend. He got activated off the IR today. Huh. Uh, this is a strictly defensive move. I do not want George Kittle and winding up on somebody else's roster playing against me. So I don't really need the roster spot. I could cut Peyton Barber loose, no problem. Uh yeah. Okay, next pickup, we have Worms, Team Taylor, dropping the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Isn't it kind of funny how he had two NFC East quarterbacks on his team? <laughs> anyway, uh, and he picks up Tua not long after Primetime's dumbass cut him. Uh, Never heard of him. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting move there, Giuseppe. You, you're putting up yeah, what I'm putting down interesting. here? Interesting. So, so let, let me let me get this straight. So one brother cuts a top 10 at least quarterback since he's been he's been playing and his other brother who hasn't been able to get quality quarterback play all season is the one who picks him up hmm huh. hmm things that make you go hmm, hmm. check the time stamps <laughs> check the time stamps <laughs> so it took you an hour to text him to say hey bro i cut him pick him no, up he's sitting there for an hour and a half <laughs> nobody wanted him because he's garbage <laughs> and then Worm decided, hey, I have shitty quarterbacks. Why not pick up another shitty quarterback? 
All right. Last pickups. We have K-Wall's Washington Cracka-ass Crackas. Uh, dr- dropping Brandon Cooks and putting Ronald Jones on IR. Uh, picking up LaShawn McCoy and Ito Smith. Now, Ronald Jones had an interesting day. It started off with him having surgery on his pinky, but he was not ruled out for this weekend's game. Then, about like six hours later, he got COVID, and now he's on the COVID IR. So <laughs> so he goes from having a broken finger to having COVID all in a span of like six hours. So that's going to do it for the playoff week one waiver wire. Thank you very much, Tony. Now we move on to emails. There's a letter in your mailbox. Active week for us this week. Coming in First hot. email comes to us from Pee Wee McLean. They write, first time someone got tripled up on as the subject line. Last week after we, de- we got decimated by Mike, Tony asked if this was the first time a team had been triple up on. In short, 2003, week four, JA versus Worm, 19 to 20, 123. <laughs> <laughs> a literal double triple. <laughs> All right. Well, that answers my question. Thank you for doing the research. <laughs> he probably still had the tab open from the week prior where you're speaking the low score. <laughs> uh, now we move on to the next email. Uh, playoff tiebreaker is the subject line, and it comes to us from Kowalski. He writes, me and Tony face off in the Balls Mahoney Bowl this week. Last week, we tied 109-109. What happens if we tie again this week in the playoffs? I will, of course, lose by 20, but I'm curious nonetheless. So... The way the playoffs work, if you were to reference your 2019 constitution, the clause in there indicates that the tiebreaker for our league is total bench points. So in case of a tie in the playoff, tiebreaker will be total bench points. Which I don't think has ever happened in our league. We've never had a tie in the playoffs. No. Never. We have not. But... There's the first for everything. So thank you very much, Kowalski. And we're on the next email from the Cal Ripken himself, Hattori Hanzo and Micah. Subject line is Festivus Grievance. I have but one grievance to air for Festivus. BDI, you big, dumb idiot. Where did DPG find you? Eating paint chips? Putting pennies in light sockets? Your gimmick is supposed to be a work, pal. You had one task, win. A win secured both a playoff berth for me and $200 for you. You made one of the dumbest roster moves in the history of our league, and it fucked me and nearly fucked yourself. It's a Christmas miracle for you that Turtle was not 100% myrrh and had to face the other team scoring 109. Antonio Brown was last in receptions, yards, targets, and fantasy points among your receiving core since Antonio Brown has been reinstated and remains last in all categories after Sunday. Any other option would have won you the game. Spend more time submitting an optimal lineup and less time submitting dead links to your Facebook page on the board. (laughs) Was Ted DiBiase correct? Does every man have his price? Turtle, how much to not pay BDI? 
Nice email. Wow. That was great. That was great. <laughs> That's one of the best from one of the, the best. That's for sure. So final email comes to us. Subject t- team name from Pee-wee McLean. Mostly Pee-wee. I think I've proved my point with our previous team name. And there's no way I was going to let those initials get engraved into our trophy. <laughs> Therefore, Chris and I put our heads together, intending on creating the greatest fantasy football team name in the history of our league. And then we came up empty. So, that, so we went with plan B. We allowed each of our children to choose one word, and we would be tasked with combining those words into a team name. We aren't sure if this is a one-week thing or if this is permanent. So we'll see. Nevertheless, I give you the trillion spaghetti and meatballs. So trillion comes from Brayden. Meatballs comes from CJ and spaghetti from Connor, who was clueless until I gave up and just told him what words Brayden and CJ picked. (laughs) I wouldn't expect it gets any better than this going forward. Good luck, playoff teams. All along, I thought this was somehow a shot at me. (laughs) So, uh... With spaghetti I, meatballs, I thought it was like an Italian thing. I, I don't know. <laughs> I uh, I wouldn't tempt the gods like that. This guy's changing his name so he doesn't want to have his name on the trophy. I mean, prime time. Uh, I, that's a little, I'm a little superstitious in, in this in this regard, but uh, this seems a little bit much for me. Uh, yeah, I could uh, speak firsthand that this actually cost me one year where I uh, went to make fantasy football t-shirts for everyone in the league after I won, and I ended up not winning. <laughs> so now I get emails from said t-shirt company asking me, you going to buy these? I'm like, nope. I will say that generally speaking, I do lean superstitious. However... Every time I get to the championship game, I change my team name to Fool Ass Nobody for the the dynasty, and knock on wood, it is yet to cost me. But I will not knock on wood. You got to get there first. That's what I'm getting at here. Oh, I see what you mean. You're saying that it's a little premature. Got it. Okay. Yeah, but no. Every time I get to the championship game, I make sure that my team is Fool Ass Nobody to for the again in case I win. And so far, it, it has happened. So thank you guys for your submissions. Another stellar week. That makes me very, very happy. So this week is, you know, like that combination, right? We've got the first round of the playoffs. You can refer to it, I guess, as the semifinals, right? Because it's, it's if you win, you get to the, the championship. So with our final four. And then we've got bowl games for the teams who are not involved. So, so far, we only have two bowl games here. We've got, I challenged Santino. because we're both in the lottery we're both at the bottom of the league to the hoosier millionaire bowl now i put a link to the wikipedia page did you guys watch the show growing up as kids at all i didn't see what you're talking about (laughs) yeah so there was this like terrible like local um game show i'll I'll refer to as that way like similar to like a price is right type of thing called hoosier millionaire from like like it was made in like gary indiana or something like that and it was on like WGBO back in the day. And back when it was on, I was living, you know, back in Melrose Park and we didn't have cable. So you get like, you know, those seven channels or whatever. And sometimes on the weekends, you know, there's like literally nothing on. <laughs> and it was on like at like four or five in the afternoon. It's like, you know, these like Indiana hillbillies like trying to win like $10,000 <laughs> on this like game show type 
Price is Right knockoff thing. It's like an Indiana and the entire time Price it's a TV right. show to promote the lottery, <laughs> right? Okay. So the, the entire time, all it is is a vehicle for people to buy more lottery tickets because it was like a special like scratch off that could get you onto the show. So, yeah. And then the other bowl game we have is the CF Burger Eggnog Chugger Bowl uh, between Primetime and Micah. And I, I know that one of the things that we were talking about in the pre-show discussion primetime was uh, was about the bowl games. And I want to give you the floor so that way you can kind of express your your thoughts here. Uh, yeah, I'm going to, as a co-commissioner, soon to be commissioner once we revolt against Giuseppe, uh, I'm going to dynamically book a bowl game this week. Wow, this is the first time I, this has ever happened. Yes, that I want to personally see. I don't care about the participants and whether or not they don't want to be in it or not. I want to see Ibiza Turtle fucking savages against BDI's God Emperor President D's Nuts. And I haven't come up with a name yet. Hopefully you guys can come up with a good name for their bowl. Well, I'm going to create the bowl game right now if you guys want to just give a name. And then I can go ahead and enter it once I just to make sure I get this right. So we've got the fucking savages against God Emperor BD President D's nuts in the. Uh, how about check into cash, pay my entry fee bowl? Check into cash, pay my. Is that going to be too long? Bowl. Yeah, it's a little too long. And you know he's doing it because you could hear the keys typing. <laughs> yeah. Check in, how about checking the cash, pay my dues. There you go. Bowl. Love it. There you go. And, and there it is. Time. It, it is now added to the schedule, and we can do. We can talk about it as a uh, show. I want to talk about Primetime's game first. Since it's okay. an, sponsored guess, by yeah. Eggnog, is there any sort of chugging involved in this bowl game or maybe uh, an action figure or anything like that? And before, sorry, before we go into that, we should talk about the back, the background here because, in, in just in case, so Bitter Marks is a lovely podcast that we've talked about a few times, hosted by Sasha, Pee Wee, and Tony. And eggnog has been a hotly uh, controversial yes. beverage the last two to three weeks in terms of the discussions. And one of the things that Sasha had mentioned was, you know, chugging eggnog and unbeknownst to each other and primetime you can back me up on this both micah and primetime either intended to attempted or did <laughs> send videos to the podcast of themselves chugging the the, the eggnog so uh, anything else you can add here primetime <laughs> uh i i definitely chugged some eggnog to get some entries into their contest to win a sticker of some kind or a brutus uh, the barber beefcake yeah yeah micro uh, whatever they're called i yeah. forgot they're called like, yep. like slammables or whatever they're fucking called micro brawler micro brawler thank you uh yeah so i apparently micah had also attempted one uh but it did not work in his favor and he forgot <laughs> to hit the record button and then apparently he was out of eggnog <laughs> <laughs> how do, how were you feeling after you chugged that whole glass of eggnog? Because this is I saw vi visual proof that you did this. Yeah, I mean, th there's a, a YouTube video I could maybe post it on the board here. I think you should. Uh, okay, yeah. once I figure out how to do that, I'll do that. And, <laughs> Good luck. Uh, I've been trying to figure that out for a decade. I was uh, 
uh, in a word, dizzy. <laughs> I had to lay down for a little bit, uh, but it was delicious, and I was fine the next day. Yeah, I'm very happy that you're on the podcast this week because that podcast, first of all, like I think either two thirds or three thirds of the hosts have never actually had eggnog. Correct. None, yeah, none they of have us no has... issues disparaging its taste and texture and everything else. We've never had eggnog and don't want to either because it looks gross. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's uh, it's what's that called? Projecting. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta try it, and I think, uh, man. Oh man, I just had another idea. I'm gonna. All right, I'm gonna make another playoff challenge for a bowl game. <laughs> oh jeez. Dynamically book this one, all but right. I'm gonna do it with uh, producer Tony. Ooh. I challenge you to the winner has to chug eggnog bowl. Ugh. Wait, yeah. winner has to chug. The winner, because I'm clearly not going to win. He's no. making it easier for you. No, I'm, I'm not. Ex- it... I do not accept this challenge. So you can enjoy the cream. The loser should have to chug it, bro. I don't like that. <laughs> also, I cannot participate since I am in a real playoff game, which we'll get to in a minute here. Yeah, whatever. But uh, just real quick, I will. I will mention uh, Micah and I's uh, bowl game is for prizes. The winner gets these two prizes i've uh, put the images in the discord channel it is a joey harrington <laughs> mcfarlane figure from like 2002 <laughs> and a hundred or 1080 deniers for micah to buy some chavap it's like that's like 25 cents right in, in real money yeah you can Wait, get like a ch- like chavap and a half <laughs> a chavap and a half <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. So, game on, Micah. All right, so which bowl game do we actually start with, Tony? I'll let you take charge. Uh, I guess we'll talk about yours with oh, Santino. Okay. So, yeah, we've got the, the you know, who's your lottery millionaire bowl here. And I texted Santino because I, challenge, I, put, I created the game without actually consulting with him. And I told him, by the way, I'm challenging you to a bowl game and fully believe you will win. And he says, I accept your challenge. And then he said he was in the midst of, quote, plotting something. This was great Tuesday great. at you- 2 in the afternoon. And lo and behold, nothing has happened. Yeah, thanks for sending it in on time, Santino. Really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Santino's going to win this going away. He's got Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I, that's it. You, you, can't, you can't counter that, just up. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm, I guess under normal circumstances, I would go last, but it doesn't really matter because none of these like have any meaning. Uh, I agree. I got I pick at Santino, even though the line is even. So it says that it's an even matchup. My my best plays here are the Rams defense playing at home against the Jets. They are a 17 point favorite, and I think they've scored defensive touchdowns uh, two consecutive weeks or three consecutive weeks. Uh, so three consecutive weeks. So they're on a nice little run <laughs> when it comes to that. And it should continue against the jets and prime times, uh, new keeper quarterback. Uh, beyond that, you know, I got Hunter Henry, who's got a nice matchup against Vegas. Cause you know, they don't play a lot of defense and Nick Chubb can always do stuff, even though it's, it's the giants, but yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm with you. I got Santino winning this one, despite only having one feasible running back and no plot. Prime time. What do you think? I forgot we were doing this. Hold on. Uh, I got, oh, yeah, I got definitely got Santino. Uh, I was going to say it should be easy for you, right? <clears throat> yeah, he's 
quite possibly one of the greatest fantasy football teams ever assembled. Um, I would like to see him get uh, Mitch in there. I think that would be uh, (laughs) tremendous. (laughs) Maybe that's uh, what he's plotting. (laughs) That could be it. That could be it. But I I think even with uh, Mitch in his lineup, I think he still wins comfortably. Sorry, Giuseppe. All right, let's go to the next bowl game. We have the uh, Eggnog Bowl. Uh, Sorry, I don't have the full name in front of me. Uh, We have Primetime's Cream versus Micah's The American Cream, which, I don't know, is is Dusty actually holding a a carton of eggnog, or did he, like, Photoshop that in? Uh, I I guarantee you he's holding it in, (laughs) or he's actually holding the eggnog. You think Dusty was a big eggnog guy? Uh, yeah, we'll look at him. <laughs> uh, oh, we do, we do want to mention, we talked about it a lot a few weeks ago, what position Dusty played in football. And he, he was determined through some research Micah did that shared with the other part podcast, the bitter marks podcast that he was a defensive lineman. Yeah. Defensive lineman or yeah. linebacker or something yeah. on defense. Uh, yeah. Which was surprising to me, but uh, that and Micah's become very close friends with the alumni association <laughs> of West Texas state university. <laughs> They're a powerhouse. Clearly, well, they became Texas A&M, right? Yeah. Isn't that what That's they That's what Micah so. said, yes. Yeah. So. Go figure. All right. Uh, I think primetime is a 10-point favorite in this one. Um, yes. The, the, uh, Micah re- remained with the Legion of Zubas acronym. Thank you, because <laughs> it could easily distinguish who was who. Uh He's going with Baker Mayfield, but they're playing the Giants, and they, surprisingly enough, have a tough defense. And it's a low over-under here. I'm going to take prime time. I think he's going to get a huge victory. And uh, are you still sending that shit out to Micah, if you, even if you win, or what's the deal here? Uh, I haven't decided yet. Uh, I think if I do win, I might set the Joey Harrington figure on fire. <laughs> and film it and, and the put dinars? it on the message board you yes. can start the fire with the dinars how about that uh that might be illegal <laughs> but we'll do it anyway dude you live in wisconsin there's there's no law up there you can do whatever you want they might not let me back in the country yeah i was gonna say the eyes of archon are everywhere right <laughs> yes uh all right who's gonna win? My, come on let's go is it is it my turn to pick uh, I can go. Uh, I've got, I'm taking, right. uh, Micah. Uh, he's got two tight ends. Nothing beats two tight ends in a bowl game. So I'm taking <laughs> Micah. I am also going to take Micah only for the fact that, uh, Derek Henry is going to put up like 60 points against his lions. <laughs> awesome. All right, let's go to the last dynamically booked matchup here. We got the, uh, check into cash, pay my dues bowl. And we have Turtles fucking Savages versus BDI's whatever what fuck his name is. Uh, let's see. Turtles a five-point favorite without making any changes. Uh, I'm going to go with Turtle. I think my, a BDI is going to continue to play Antonio Brown and continue to not get any points. Yeah, I'm also taking Turtle here. I think once he realizes that this game was dynamically booked, he will he will do everything in his power He'll, he'll spend fab dollars that don't even need to be spent just to, to make sure he gets the victory here because that's the kind of competitor he is. So I'm, I'm taking Turtle. 
Yeah, I agree. I also take Turtle because I booked this, uh, <laughs> and it's going to show up now. He's going to try very hard to win this. So let's do it. Fantastic. All right, let's go into the real playoff games here now. Now, this is uh, not baseball. So what we have here is we have the number one seed, which is me, COVID Mania, going against the wild card, which is Kowalski in Cracka Ask Cracka's. We are in the same division. Um, it was always going to happen where the balls Mahoney was going to get the wild card like we usually do. Uh, and I am a 12.5 point favorite without Kowalski having a second running back in his lineup. So, gentlemen, take it away. Who do you think is going to win this one? I think I'll go first. Uh <clears throat> I uh, hate Aaron Rodgers and uh, Devontae Adams. Uh, that being said, I think they're going to put up like 60 points combined. Uh, it's all up to Ken Kowalski's team score the other 30 to 40 points because this, you know, the winner of this game is going to score over 100. So can he get those other points from his other players? And I do not think so. I uh, I like a lot of Tony's matchups. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Tony. So here's my dilemma. Earlier, how I'm I'm prestigious side, right? And K-Wall and I share three players on our rosters in in this league where he is, and in Joe's league where I am eleven and three the number one seed in the playoffs and the highest scoring team by nearly 200 points over everybody else. So just because I had a shitty year in RT sports doesn't mean I forgot how to play fantasy football. I had a shitty year in RT sports. So that green Bay stack has been a big key to my success. So if I pick K wall, I'm picking me and I never like to pick me. So I'm picking Tony. That's the, that's the logic. That's the theory. That's the analysis. I got Tony. (laughs) Yeah, um, I think I'm going to win this. I think it's going to be very close. Uh, the, the Green Bay Packers stack uh, scares me tremendously. Uh, we talked about him losing uh, Ronald Jones. Uh, you look at his options. Okay, so we got Frank Gore, who is old and a Jet. We have LaShawn McCoy, who is old and uh, a, a Buccaneer. We have Le'Veon Bell, who doesn't really have a position on that team, he actually complained last week about his lack of touches. Uh, and we have Carlos Hyde and Ito Smith. So lots of uh, lots of um, bad running back play. I, he's going to have to play one because Ronald Jones ain't playing, ladies and gentlemen. So I think I'm going to have a, a very slight edge there in running backs. Actually, not slight. It'll, it'll probably be pretty good. Uh, I got Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Swift up this week. Uh, I think this game is going to depend heavily on Darren Waller's performance because if he gets him 20 and along with 25 to 30 from Devonte Adams, which I'm already penciling in, uh, that could make this real interesting. Um, but I, I'm going to, man, I'm hoping it doesn't happen, but I really don't know what's going to happen. Uh, K wall tried to curse me earlier via text message. He sent a Gratz bra text. Uh, as we all do, and I did not accept. I, I am superstitious. I will not 
accept any uh, victories before the game has happened. I'm playing Marty Ball. I'm playing this week is the toughest week of my life. And K-Wall, I think I'm going to beat you. Okay, let's go to the next. Clean sweep, even though in my heart I'm rooting for K-Wall because it means I will probably win in the other league. (laughs) (laughs) Well, more more reason for primetime to root against K-Wall then, huh? Right, (laughs) primetime? Yeah, primetime. Do you care if I win championships in other leagues or just in this one? (laughs) How do do you feel about that? I think you're on mute. <laughs> yeah. Bro. Oh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> Back to what I was saying. My feelings of you winning championships are uh, the same. I do not want you to ever win a fantasy championship regardless of the league. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm glad we got that out there. Sorry. I, I was on mute and because I tried to embed the video of the <laughs> eggnog chucking and i got an email saying that the wwe is preventing me from monetizing <laughs> the video you got a dmca <laughs> strike for the dusty yes. <laughs> yes so I, I i was reading that while i was muted so i apologize oh that is amazing. the wwe so if this thing does go viral i can't make any money off it that's that's all i know he got dmca that is amazing <laughs> Oh, that is so awesome. It's <laughs> you know you don't have any idea how hilarious that is, Primetime, but we'll 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 talk about that later. All right. All right, let's go to the last playoff matchup. We have Worms, Team Taylor versus Pee Wee McLean's one trillion spaghetti and meatballs. Uh we have a ten point favorite for Pee Wee McLean for the uh spaghetti meatballs. Uh, Giuseppe I know you love yourself some spaghetti and meatballs. So why don't you tell me who's going to win this one? Yeah, I got to rep the, the division here. I've, I'm going to pick Pee Wee McLean here. Um, I need them to, to win this week and the Super Bowl to, to maintain the, the pride. Matt won the Super Bowl two years ago. I won it last year. We need to keep it in the, the division of champions. The, the wing in the division is... It needs another shelf because of how many trophies we got. And I think they're going to get into the championship game because, you know, Worm has, has found, you know, a ton of different ways of winning. And most of them involve fortune. And while Pee Wee has not had a high scoring game in the last couple of weeks, I think he's got some really nice matchups that he can take advantage of this week. Namely, the Tennessee stack against the Detroit Lions. We know that that defense is, is pretty bad. We also know that, you know, Baltimore's defense is playing Jacksonville and Baltimore, you know, they, they can put up some points defensively, especially when you give them a juicy matchup like that. So I think he's going to have enough, especially looking at Worm's quarterback options. He's going to, he's probably going to play Tua because playing Drew Locke against Buffalo, I don't know if that's the right play chief. So I'm, I'm going Pee Wee McLean here. Uh, I am also going to go with Pee Wee McLean uh, because Worm is going to overthink like he always does and play something ridiculously stupid that's obviously simple and makes a ton of sense. And then, uh, I mean, obviously he hasn't set his lineup yet because he still has Alan Lazard. No, no, he did. He put Cooper in there and benched oh, Marvin Jones. So he feels that <laughs> Alan Lazard is on. Oh, gosh. Yeah, uh, I'll take P.B. McLean by a lot. <laughs> 
Oh man, uh, I actually like the not playing to a play because guess they're playing Bill Belichick in the uh, New England Patriots this week. Bill Belichick will find a way to make Tua look stupid. Uh, he did it to to Justin Herbert a few weeks ago. So I, I like I like that bench actually. But man, the Alan Lazard thing, I I just don't get it, man. I I don't get it. Uh, Marvin Jones is the number one wide receiver uh, for the Detroit Lions. Uh, what's his name? Galladay Galloway doesn't. He's not going to play again this week because he doesn't play nope. football anymore. Apparently, nope. Uh, and jo- Jonathan Taylor has a great matchup against Houston. You saw what David Montgomery did to him last year or last week, and I think Jonathan Taylor is a much more explosive runner. Uh, but I. You're 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 getting two points out of Alan Lazard, man. You cannot play him in a playoff game. That that's just that's foolish to me. Uh, and on the other side, uh, oh boy, he's playing two Tennessee Titans again. Oh man, I don't know if he, has he changed his lineup or is this the one from last week? It is the same as last week. Okay. Uh, as far as no no no, I'm sorry. He he brought he brought in Kyler for Herbert so far. Yeah. But I mean, I could see him putting Hollywood Brown in there with Baltimore playing Jacksonville, and he and he scored double digit points three weeks in a row. So, yeah, let's let's give him that one. I think he's going to bench Corey Davis. I oh, mean, never mind. He's on the fucking COVID list now. Hollywood is. Fuck? Yeah. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm looking at the notes right now. It says Baltimore Ravens placed Marquise Brown blah 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 on the reserve call list on Wednesday. Damn. I guess they he doesn't have it, but they came in contact potentially uh, with contact somebody. Contact tracing. Yeah, that'll yeah. get you. All right, well, I, I I don't know. You could maybe find a, a better option on the waiver wire than Corey Davis. Uh, starting two Tennessee Titans wide receivers seems a little a little arrogant, and uh, I don't I don't I don't like that. But I think you'll have enough to beat Worm because even if you do do play Corey Davis, you know he's going to score more points than Alan Lazard. So I'm going to take Peewee McLean. I think they will win. And uh, what about a breakout player for the po- for the playoff teams? Let- let's keep this to the playoff teams, not bowl games here, boys. You got a pl- you got a breakout player in mind? I mean, the problem is like you always want to try to pick somebody who's a little bit under the radar, but that's that's kind of tough to do with you know only a couple of matchups here. So I'm gonna go pretty mainstream, and I'm gonna take um, AJ Brown. He's very good. He's very large, and Detroit is very bad on defense. So I'm going to go A.J. Brown. I'm going to go slightly more under the radar than Giuseppe and say uh, Dalvin Cook. (laughs) 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 And, uh, yeah, I think he's going to torch the Bears because why not? (laughs) Uh, Give me Terry McLaurin. He, he He had a rough week last week. But they get to play Seattle this week, who has a pretty rough secondary. Um, so I think Terry McLaurin has a good one. Probably catches a touchdown. All right, and that covers off on all of our matchups. Primetime, you know, thank you once again for coming on and co-hosting. We know Turtle's working another shift to, to, to pay for BDI's, you know, league fees. Tony, I'm going to wish you good luck as you are the only host thank you. that is in the playoffs. To the rest of the league that is in, you know, best of luck to everybody. As I, I post on the message board, this has been a, a crazy year in, in many different ways, and fantasy football was no exception. And, you know, we're still kind of getting through it all, but we made it through the regular season, and now we've just got a couple of weeks left, and then, you know, it's, it's all done. 
<laughs> somehow, some way. That's right. But it's all done. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, so that's going to do it for our hybrid week 14 recap playoff week one preview show. This has been the Fantasy Football Scoop and Lamar Jackson Poop. All right, show's over. I'm tired. Scoop and Poop Fantasy Podcast now available on iTunes. Also, email us at scoopandpoop at gmail.com.